Good morning. Welcome home and happy Mother's Day. I want to welcome Pit Naz online, Connecting Point online, our Hispanic ministry online, and all of you tuning in today. From the bottom of our hearts, happy Mother's Day and welcome home. You may notice that I don't look like Pastor Kyle. Do not adjust the device that you are streaming this on. Um, Pastor Sean is our Connecting Point campus pastor in Columbus, Kansas. We've been there about a year and a half, and I'm his co-pastor, his co-leader, his helpmate. And uh, don't adjust your screens. You're on the, the right line. And I am so excited and happy to be here bringing the word to you on this very special Mother's Day. Fellas, if you need some brownie points... Look over at your wife that you are, are watching this with. Well, actually, she might be in the kitchen cooking you breakfast right now. But holler at her and tell her happy Mother's Day. And look at her and tell her something that she needs to hear. Tell her good job. If you are blessed enough to be able to still have your mother here earthside, give her a call or a text and tell her happy Mother's Day. What an honor and a blessing to still have your mother here. So give her a call, a quick text of encouragement. That will go, that will go so far, okay? Maybe you're watching and you're going, you're looking at me, I'm a young mother, and you're going, man, I'm just in a different season than you. That is okay, because I believe that God has a word for you today too. So lean in. We've been in this series now called Cut and Dry, and today we're talking about some things that are cut and dry. So in life, there are things that are cut and dry, and there are gray areas, right? So for me, um, for one of my gray areas is if I see that check oil light come on in my vehicle or my check engine light come on in my vehicle... That is a mere suggestion, am I right? That is a gray area for me. I might mention that casually to Pastor Sean if I've seen it a day or two or week or month. That's a gray area for me, right? Um, but then there's things that are just so cut and dry for me. If I peruse in a, in a store and there is a two-for-one shoe sale going on, obviously the clear cut and dry Thing here, there's no option. I'm leaving with two pair of shoes, right? So there's gray area, check engine light, a mere suggestion, or there's the very cut and dry things in life, right? Like a two for one shoe sale. I see the the I see it clearly. I'm leaving with two pairs of shoes, right? Now that might be a funny illustration. But with God, there are some things that just are cut and dry, and there are some things that he simply gives us convictions about, personal convictions, that we have to lean into him, and we have to pray and ask him to search our hearts. Are these things that we can do? Are these things that we should not do? But then there's his cut and dry, and we've been in this series, and uh, some things just are cut and dry, and they're not merely suggestions. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, There are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. 
haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. So we've been in this scripture, right, for about three weeks. Today we're talking briefly, we're talking briefly about how God hates the hand that kills the innocent. For the world, now this topic might be a bit controversial, but for believers, this is very cut and dry. We do not kill the innocent. For God hates the hands that sheds innocent blood, but he loves the life giver. And today we want to focus on that, the life giver. God is the ultimate life giver. Say that with me. God is the ultimate life giver. In Genesis 2, 7, says the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. God gave life first. He created Adam and Eve and they multiplied. I can't think of anything on earth more life-giving than a mother. So how appropriate to talk about a life giver, a mother today on Mother's Day. Psalm 139, 13 through 16 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Amen. What a scripture we can cling on to. God creates and loves the innocent. Children are God's idea. God created man and woman and for his perfect love to be displayed in marriage and for us to multiply and raise up tiny disciples, to raise up tiny Christ followers. Being a mother is one of my greatest joys and blessings in life. I have truly enjoyed and loved being a mother in every stage. I have loved carrying my children. I have loved the newborn and the baby and just the not knowing, but having to totally rely on God to tell us what to do with this new little newborn that the hospital just sends us home with and expects us just to know what to do with it. I have enjoyed relying on God for that. I have enjoyed toddlerhood and all the things that come with toddlerhood. Um, The good, the bad, the confusing, the sticky, the messy. And now I'm entering in this boyhood um, area. I have been blessed 
with three boys. Yes, you heard that right. Three boys and now finally a precious and sweet little girl. But now I'm entering in this new stage of, of being a, a boyhood mom in this, this preteen stage. And let me just tell you guys this morning that I am enjoying it. I have loved being a mother in every single stage of motherhood. And I want to just encourage you today to maybe do as I do and reject the narrative of the, oh, just wait until, fill in the blank. No, that is, an, that is a lie that the enemy uses to whisper in our, in our mother ear to tell us that maybe, you know, expect the worst or, or, or bad is coming or don't, don't enjoy this season because something else is, is on the horizon that you need to be watching out for. I don't believe that. I reject that narrative. So I invite you to do the same with me. I have enjoyed serving and loving my children and I can tell you right now that I am not, nor do I claim to be, a perfect mother. But that is why I serve a perfect God that I fully and completely rely on. Or else I can tell you right now, it would be a hot mess express coming at you. I have to fully rely on God in every area, in every aspect, and motherhood is absolutely no different. My granddad, Jim, tells me often, Brooke, you are in the time of your life. He calls it my prime time. He says that there are no better feelings in the world as to when your, your family is small and you're raising your family. And I fully um, receive that and I accept that and I do believe it, that I am in the prime time and the time of my life and I'm fully embracing all that motherhood has. And I, I, I have found that nothing is more fulfilling other than living for Christ and following Christ as to be a mother and in this season. I truly love every stage, and I've always strived to be a Proverbs 31 wife and mother. Proverbs 31, 28 through 31 says, Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also. And he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Somebody that I look up to and have admired my whole life and, and just truly embarks everything, I, I feel like that um, is a Proverbs 31 woman, is my late and great Granny Rita um, she was the matriarch of my dad's side, and uh, man, what a lady. I could, I could speak the rest of the time about how much she formed me and shaped our family, um, but I will just say that she was a true Proverbs 31 lady, and uh, she produced a family that also followed Christ. And uh, she left a legacy when she left this earth to, to be with the Lord. She left a legacy. I mean, she spoke so bold in her faith, and she, um, she didn't take any baloney. When I was in my dating days, um, she would say, does he know the Lord? Does he love the Lord? And let me tell you, you couldn't really get one by her. 
She wouldn't take any, any grief or any baloney. She was a straight shooter, and she loved the Lord. And she created and left a legacy in our family and, and produced a whole family of Christ followers. And I can't think of anything more um, rewarding um, to be known for and, and what a legacy to be known for, but to be a Christ follower and to also produce a family full of Christ followers. I want to talk something else about um, kind of shift gears here, investing and sowing into the life or lives of another is also life giving. So if you're listening today and you think, wow, none of what she mentioned earlier has anything to do with me, I can't relate. Well, listen up because I believe that uh, it can be, see, okay, so let me rephrase that. If you're listening today and think of none of that as me, well, it can be. You see, although we've been discussing a physical life giver, a life giver is not only a mother or a father of biological descent. A life giver is also one who takes on the life of another through adoption or sponsorship. You give life. And what a calling. Thank you. Thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus. It is even speaking life into or over someone. That is life-giving. I'm so thankful for a time when um, my mentor, Pastor Selena Freeman, she uh, took me under her wing. I was young and and, uh, just received the call into ministry. And being a woman in ministry um, can bring challenges And uh, it can bring a whole slew of emotion. And man, she just really took me under her wing in that season. And she was a life giver to me. She spoke life over me. She, She prophesied over me. She asked me when I would question things, who told you? And man, in that season, she was my life giver. I looked to her and I turned to her, not only my heavenly father and my awesome husband for support and encouragement during that time, but wow, God used Pastor Selena Freeman in that time to be the life giver. She spoke such life over me, investing and sowing into the life or lives of others. Although I know God is talking about hating the shed of blood of the innocent in this cut and dry scripture, I challenge you to jump in with me in this next thought, okay? So although I I do fully believe and receive that scripture about him hating the hands that shed innocent blood, just jump in with me. I believe that it's also God's desire for us to not only protect the physical innocent, but to also protect the innocent of our children, The notion of innocence refers to children's simplicity, their lack of knowledge, and their purity not yet spoiled by mundane affairs. We are to protect that innocence. We are to shield them from movies and shows that take away their innocence too early. We are to shield them in our speech and our conduct, and we are to protect their innocence. In our conversations with our children, we are to keep them children as long as we can because I believe as their caregivers that we are not to kill their innocence. We are to show them who Jesus is because the world will surely show them who he is not. Speak life. Say that with me. Speak life. 
We are to speak life over them. We are to speak life over our children. We are to speak life over the people in our lives. We are to speak it. I was talking to my little seven-year-old boy, and uh, I like to call him my um, free-spirited boy. And I am just praying that the Lord is going to wrangle him and use him. He already is using him. But I was talking to him when, I was, um, when God was laying this message on my heart. And I presented him with two schools of thought. It's basically saying the same thing, but I said it in a different way. I told him, he's seven. What would you receive better? Don't sin because you'll go to hell. That statement can shape his view of Christianity and could potentially drive him by fear. Instead, I said, how would you receive this to my seven-year-old? God loves us so much, and his desire is for us to have freedom from sin by asking for forgiveness and having a relationship with Jesus Christ, God's son. Those life-speaking words could drive my seven-year-old to seek Christ and better know his desires for him. And I asked him, I said, what would be better? How would you receive that if I said it the first way or if I said it the second way? And he goes, mom, the second way sounds way better and way nicer and way more like Jesus would talk. I'm fairly certain that I was scared into salvation on the front row at a revival way back when, when I was little. I had heard a fire and brimstone sermon and the pastor hit the pulpit and, uh, and I asked Christ to be my heavenly father because to me, in my little mind, I just didn't want to go to hell. But what happened is I somehow missed the narrative of love and grace and mercy and how that abounds. And so later on in life, I chose to run from Christ because in my mind, I just thought I could never be good enough. So the way that we speak in our narrative to our children is so important. Speak life to them. Not only are we to give life physically, but to point them to the one who can give them life abundantly. In John 10.10, he says that he came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. He not only gives us physical life, but he gives us eternal life. We're to not only accept Christ for ourselves, but we are also to teach our children to do the same. To accept the free gift of salvation and eternal life from our Heavenly Father. If my children hear nothing else from me, I pray that they can hear and they can see in the way that I live my life. I pray that my speech and my conduct and my conversations with them and the way that I serve others and the way that I serve God I pray that if they hear nothing else from me, that my children hear that they can have Christ, that they can have life, 
and that they can have it abundantly. Our lives are sermons. Not only our speech and conduct, they not only listen, they not only pick up on our narrative, they not only hear and what, what we say to them, but they see with their little eyes the way that we live behind the scenes, the way that we serve others maybe when no one is watching, the way maybe they'll catch us kneeling down beside our bed when no one is around or watching, and they'll see us speak to our Heavenly Father in secret. And I believe that the way that we live our life, the sermon that we preach to our children, will have eternal impact and eternal life. I want to ask you today, are you leaving a legacy? Is the way that you live cut and dry? And if you say, wow, all this stuff that you talked about, about coming from this Christian family and coming from this Christian background and having this granny that prayed over you, if you think, I didn't come from any of that, None of that happened to me. Nobody was praying for me. Nobody was on their knees for me. Nobody was on their face for me. Can I just tell you right now that you could change the narrative? That if you didn't come from that, that you could make sure that your family sure did? That you could break through the power of Jesus Christ the one that gives us life abundantly, that you could break those chains, that you could change your family's story, that you could be the, the, the legacy and you could be the one that your children spoke about so highly and revered and admired because you served Christ and you showed them that. Did you know that if none of that was you, None of that was your background, your upbringing, that you can break the sin cycle right now and you can leave a legacy for your family. And through the power of Jesus Christ, you can change the trajectory of your family and your children and their children and their children in Jesus' name. That maybe if you weren't the one that was being spoken over and you have never received somebody that has poured into you or has given you life or has spoke life into you. Did you know that you could change that bitterness that you hold inside of you and that you could give that to Jesus Christ? And you could ask him to not only speak life into you, but cause you and change you to be the life giver, to be the life speaker, to change the narrative, to change the conversation, to change your family and point them to Christ. It is our responsibility as Christians, as parents, to point our children to the Lord, to leave a legacy. And I wanna ask you today, is the life that you're living, is the life that you, the sermon that you preach with your daily life, is it going to leave a legacy? Is it cut and dry? 
Are you a follower of Christ? Are you teaching your children to follow Christ? Are you speaking life into them today? And if you're not, you can start today. Be a legacy. Let your children speak highly of you and their children and their children. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. Lord God, you are so, so good. God, you are our ultimate father. And we thank you for giving us life. We thank you for the people that you've put into our lives that speak your word over us. And we pray, God, that you would just send people in our paths so that we could speak life over them. God, we pray right now in Jesus' name that families are changed, that generational curses are broken, that chains are gone forever in Jesus' name, never to return again. God, we believe that. We receive that. God, we receive your life. God, thank you for sending your son to die on that cross so that we may have life eternally with you. Lord God, bless our children. God, bless our children and their children and their children. God, let our families be legacies of Christ followers. God, I pray for the wayward ones right now. Lord, bring them back. God, let the family circle be unbroken. Speak to fathers right now to raise up. Speak to grandparents and caregivers and mothers to rise up. God, let us be a generation for you, Lord. Let us speak life. Let us speak life. Thank you, Jesus.